And welcome to Navi Tales. I'm Josh. I'm Nick. And today we are going to be ripping some hearts out. Yes. By talking about Mortal Kombat. Right. Be warned. Um. Let's get this uh, episode comes with heart condition. <laughs> this episode comes with a heart condition and a back condition and an everything condition because everyone just gets a shit kicked out of them. Uh, how familiar are you with Mortal Kombat? <clears throat> uh, just generally. You know, it's like the cultural zeitgeist of yeah, it. Yeah, you know, you played it here and there at like a friend's house or something. That's about it. I played a fuckload. Uh, one of my dreams, and my, to the point that my brother just texted me about it the other day, actually, is to own an original Mortal Kombat cabinet. It doesn't need to be like an original, original Mortal Kombat cabinet, but a Mortal Kombat cabinet that has the original game in it. Yeah. With like, I, it can be updated. It can have the LCD screens. It's cool. I don't care. I just want a cabinet that plays the original Mortal Kombat. Uh, reach out to me, guys. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> let me know if you have one. <clears throat> Big fan of the game. Um, the franchise. I've played every single one, except that shitty one on the PlayStation 1, I think it was, that was like an adventure game that didn't play well. Don't recall. I remember seeing it on AVGN. Sounds and... about right. That, that's a place where it would show up, yeah. And me going, I've never heard of this game, and that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep it like that. Uh, but let's begin where all good stories begin, before existence. At the beginning of time, there existed only the Elder Gods and the One Being. The One Being found a way to siphon power away from the Elder Gods in a process that involved consuming them. Eventually, the Elder Gods set aside their differences and launched their attack on the One Being to save themselves. In the end, the Elder Gods created six weapons called the Kamidogu. When they used the weapons, the one being split into many pieces, although its consciousness survived. The Kamidogu became lost in six different pieces of the one being. Eventually, these pieces became the realms and life began to grow inside them. There were six main realms. Earth Realm, Nether Realm, which Nether Realm Studios yeah. is who makes Mortal Kombat and Injustice right now. And yeah. They basically just make those games. That's it. And so, they kind of just, just like... And Injustice is just Mortal Kombat, but with superheroes. We almost did an Injustice episode today. We should have. It's, it's on the list. It is on the list. I would like to do Injustice. The, the reason I didn't dive into it is because I have, to, I have to dive into the comics, I think. Pretty much. And I don't know how comfortable I am with that. Or we could just tackle the story of the original game. But, like, I would have to tackle the comics between the game. Well, the comics... The comics are, are a prequel up until they started doing Justice 2 comics, which take place right. between 1 and 2. Right, yeah, the, the whole ones... Yeah, the whole ones that I've read were prequels to the first game. Which were great, great, one of my favorite runs of comics. Oh, yeah, the original Injustice comics are really weird. If you want to see your, like, childhood just ripped apart in front of you... At least that's how I felt, because all, like, a bunch of superheroes die in it. Yeah. Like, um, spoilers for the Injustice comics. Uh, remember that time Kyle Rayner got drawn and quartered in space by Sinestro? Yep. I went, oh, wow, that's a bit much. Yeah, no, a lot of people can fucking, fucking die in this. Like, holy shit. But there's, like, a lot of awesome moments, too, like Alfred headbutting Superman and shit like that. Constantine walking away saying, I'm going to kick the Man of Steel in the balls. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, just like the entire, like, the year three. Year three, the magic, magic arc. Yeah. The magic arc is fucking fantastic. Year two's the Green Lantern arc, so. <laughs> That's, that was pretty dope, too. Yeah. But um, I feel like we could just tackle the story. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. it it's in, Injustice is a, is a good game. 
uh, I don't think you've really played a ton of it other than at my house, but you've seen all the cutscenes. Yeah. So, and that's really what matters for these. But there were six main realms Earth Realm, Nether Realm, Outworld, Order Realm, or Sedeo, Chaos Realm, and Adenia, each with a representative, Kamidogu, which held the essence of each realm. In addition to these, several other, more minor realms were created as well. At some unknown point in history, long after the creation of the realms, there ruled an emperor in the realm of Outworld called Onaga the Dragon King. Onaga was the first emperor of the Outworld, uniting an otherwise divided realm. However, Onaga would then desire to expand into the other realms and combine them with Outworld. Onaga's secret to victory was his undefeatable and seemingly invincible army. Onaga's heart gave him the ability to raise the dead, allowing him to revive his dead soldiers continuously. However, Onaga wished to live forever. Using the last dragon egg, his followers formed a spell that would transform his body into the tiny dragon inside, and with it be granted eternal life. It was at this point originally, the Elder Gods chose Onaga's former trusted advisor, Shao Kahn, to become the protector of Outworld, but like Shinnok after him, he too fell into greed and the lust for power, a coup d'etat was in effect orchestrated by Khan. However, Khan, who did not like sharing power, soon poisoned Onaga and took control of Outworld for himself. Unlike Onaga, he was unable to rule his domain as a united realm. At an unknown time after Onaga's death, as Shao Kahn now commanded the armies of Outworld and carried the legacy of attacking other realms, the Adenian protector god Argus and his sorcerer wife Delia had two children, Tavan and Dagon. Argus also had an unknown third son, whom later became the traitor and an arrogant fighting prince of Adenia named Rain, making him, Taven, and Dagon brothers. They fought alongside their father and the dragons Orin and Cairo, repelling an attempted invasion by Shao Kahn. At the time, there were endless prophecies of the future, which Delia frequently had visions of and premonitions of. One of the events was the prophecy of Armageddon. She predicted that the mortal combat warriors would one day grow too powerful and numerous, and if left unchecked, their intensifying combat would bring upon the destruction of all the realms, bringing about the apocalypse. The Elder Gods demanded that a safeguard be put in place in order to prevent this from happening, one that would make use of the combat's insatiable bloodlust. Like moths to a flame, they would be drawn there to battle. They left this task to Argus and his wife. Thalia also foresaw that the climax would take place at a crater within the Idean Southlands. For this reason, Argus had a pyramid constructed underground at this crater, where Delia created a firespawn known as Blaze. Blaze would contain the power needed to stop the Mortal Kombat warriors. While Argus wanted all of the warriors destroyed, Delia wished a more merciful approach, stripping the warriors of their power. They decided that they would put their two children in competition, and whichever one defeated Blaze would be gifted with the power to become the new protector of Adenia. On their way to confronting Blaze, each brother would have to retrieve a sword from one of their father's temples and a suit of armor from one of their mother's temples, both in Earthrealm. One suit of armor would mean that all of the Mortal Kombat warriors were destroyed. The other would mean that they were stripped of their power. In effect, this would be like a coin toss between Argus and Delia, to decide which outcome would be achieved. 
But what neither Argus and Delia knew was that a third option was in effect. It lands on the edge, meaning that neither the Mortal Kombat warriors would be stripped of their special abilities or would be destroyed. It would only strengthen them, resulting in the failure of the quest. Argus's plan to save the realms was to have the two brothers to be summoned to Argus's temple in Edenia, where they were ambushed and placed in stasis. They were both placed within the mountains somewhere in Earthrealm with a dragon to watch over them. The golden dragon, Orin, watched over Tevin, whilst the red dragon, Cairo, watched over Dagon. When Blaze gave the signal, the dragons would wake their protectee from stasis to begin the quest unaware that the real purpose of the quest was to test their son's true nature, while Rain, on the other hand, would later serve the resistance, but be denied command and join forces with Shao Kahn. Rain was one of my main. I was always good with Rain. As the Elder Gods watched over the realms, governing the realms with untold wisdom, one such Elder God known as Shinnok, like Shao Kahn in Outworld, gave into greed an illusion of ultimate power and wanted the realm of Earth for himself. However, the Elder Gods had appointed the God of Thunder, known as Raiden, to protect Earth. If you're a Raiden main, you're a big bitch. <laughs> Having profited of Blaze's enslaving by the holy men who remained faithful to Onaga, Shinnok tricked the dragon Karo into thinking the signal had been sounded and convinced the awoken Dagon that his parents, Argus and Delia, were against him. Dagon killed both his parents, weakening Adenia and leaving it in a state of anarchy allowed Shao Kahn to invade without a protector god opposing him. Shinnok then turned his attention towards Earthrealm, whose Jinsei could grant him the power to become invincible. The war between Shinnok and Raiden was fierce. The conflict sent Earth to its near destruction, plunging it into centuries of darkness. But Raiden discovered that Shinnok's power was linked to his mystical amulet. It allowed him to weaken the borders of a realm and enter the realm without challenge and keeping the Elder Gods at bay. Raiden, given the choice whether to destroy the allied Saurian civilization or risk handing over Earthrealm to Shinnok, chose the former and tripped Shinnok of the Amulet with the aid of the Elder Gods, banishing the former Elder God to the Nether Realm. The Saurian survivors received compensation from the Elder Gods, a new home in the free realm of Zatera where they would again build their civilization until they too become a target to Shao Kahn's empire. The exact date of the devastating war on Earthrealm is unknown, but interpretations vary from around 66 million years ago and the end of the Cretaceous uh, Palogene period, which is why they're Saurians. It's also where like reptile comes from and shit. Uh, coinciding with the demise of the dinosaurs to around 8,000 years BC, coinciding with the Great Flood in Mesopotamia, Babylonian, Christian, Hindu, and many more civilizations' myths, and also coinciding with the date of the Edenian War 10,000 years ago. Whether it's known as Hell, Hades, Gehenna, or Pluto, the Nether Realm has existed since the beginning of time and has had many names, as it has always had the same purpose to act as the final home of those who have done wrong. When Shinnok awoke in the Nether Realm, he found himself under attack by Lucifer, the leader of the Fiery Realm. Lucifer used the souls of those whom Shinnok himself had banished to the Nether Realm to attack the Elder God. Shinnok was quickly beaten and found himself in the depths of hell for eternity. Another legendary prophecy, unbeknownst to the Elder Gods, was the return of the One Being. It was decreed that if one were to obtain all six Kamidogu and the Sacred Amulet, they would be granted 
ultimate power and fusing all the seven weapons into one and bring about the destruction of the realms. Raiden, in order to prevent this from happening, created a massive temple deep within the mountains of Asia to house the amulet and appointed four guardians to serve as protectors of the amulet. Each of these guardians represented one of the elements of which the realm was comprised, wind, earth, water, and fire. As long as the amulet remained on earth, hopefully in safe hands, Shinnok would remain trapped in the nether realm. For untold years, the former elder god Shinnok laid in torment from Lucifer in the nether realm, until he stumbled across a mysterious sorcerer by the name of Quan Chi. He was once an oni from the nether realm, transforming his appearance upon learning sorcery, even gaining the power to travel throughout all of the planes of reality without detection from any of the gods. Quan Chi told Shinnok that he would help him escape from his prison and defeat Lucifer if Shinnok accepted his proposal, power and the right to rule at Shinnok's side. Shinnok agreed in desperation, made Quan Chi an arc sorcerer, and the two waged a war in the nether realm that lasted for centuries. They eventually beat Lucifer and took control of the nether realm. Shinnok was now the ruler of the dead realm, but wasn't content with his conquest. The nether realm is nothing more than fire and brimstone, after all, and he only rules over the demons that inhabit the realm. However, Shinnok wanted more than what he already had, and what Shinnok wants, Quan Chi must try to arrange. Shao Kahn, like Onaga before him, sought to expand his empire and his power through conquests of other realms. He attacked and conquered many smaller realms, slowly building up power over thousands of years. Eventually, he built up enough strength to conquer every realm equal to outworld size and gain even greater power beyond any mortal imaginings. His first target was the lush and fertile realm of Adenia. I don't get why everyone's so fucking into Adenia in this game. It's just pretty. I, I think it's supposed to be like the heaven to nether realm's hell. Yeah. But like... Makes sense. I just... I, on one hand, I'm glad that they're not always trying to conquer Earthrealm because, like, that's pretty cliche. Yeah, everybody wants to fucking conquer Earth. But, like, they, it's more like to get to Adenia, we need to conquer Earth. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, to take over Adenia, Khan had to win the sacred tournament established by the Elder Gods themselves, once held every generation known as Mortal Kombat. <laughs> if he succeeded, it allowed him to merge the two realms. Despite the Adenian warriors' best efforts, Outworld won 10 consecutive Mortal Kombat tournaments, and the Adenians' blue skies were ripped apart as the portals began to open. Shao Kahn's invasion force entered the realm, merging it with Outworld. Khan annihilated the ruler of Adenia, King Jared. Is that right? Yeah. It's, not, but, okay. it's Jared. I just it's wanted to make sure. It's spelt dumb as shit, yeah. but it is actually just pronounced Jared. Yeah, he went to Jared. Literally, he went. He... I mean, if you want to, we can, we can fuck with the pronunciation. It's Yerod. Yerod. King Yerod. He took his wife, Sindel, as his queen and adopted her daughter, Katana, as his own. Katana! <laughs> After Sindel convinced Shao Kahn of her daughter's worth, Katana was trained to join his personal guard as an assassin. Sindel, however, seeing the effects of Shao Kahn's reign on the Edenians, 
and knowing that Earthrealm, Edenia's closest jeweled ally, would become his next target for imperial domination, chose to commit suicide in order to create a magical ward, preventing Shao Kahn to step foot in Earthrealm and claim that realm as well. But Shao Kahn, not willing to let his beloved queen go so easily, held her soul in Outworld, thus stopping her transition to the afterlife. A few millennia have passed, now with Adenia conquered and other various realms added to the Outworld Empire. Shao Kahn turned his attention to the conquest of Earthrealm, in which many considered to be a jewel. Shao Kahn sent Shang Tsung to establish the Sacred Tournament as a competition between his armies and Earthrealm. The prize for the winner of Mortal Kombat would be that the champion would not age for 50 years until the next tournament. Khan would only be allowed to take Earthrealm if he won 10 of these tournaments in a row, because that's how the Sacred Tournament goes. Raiden rallied the best fighters of Earth into the White Lotus Society, a group established to discern a champion every 50 years to defend Earth in the tournament. The great Kung Lao was one such warrior, defeating Shang Tsung and becoming Grand Champion. Lao, out of mercy, spared the sorcerer, but this would be his undoing, as Lao only kept the title for one generation before falling to Shang Tsung's then new secret weapon, a Shokan prince named Goro. I love Goro. He's got four arms. Yeah, he's, he's super a, he's strong. He's a big guy. He's a big guy with four arms. He's Goro. Goro. It's like Golem. Golem. <laughs> Goro quickly dispatched and killed Lao, winning that and the continuing eight tournaments, giving the Outworld Warriors nine consecutive victories. Imprisoned in death for centuries after his betrayal by Shao Kahn, an angered Dragon King learned of Shao Kahn's treachery, infuriating him, so then he secretly worked to revive his physical body. By transferring his essence into an apparition, he appeared to Sujinko a very promising warrior who was set to be the chosen Earthrealm combat in an upcoming Mortal Kombat tournament. Okay, things that drive me insane. Everything's with a K? Everything that has to do with Mortal Kombat is spelled with a K because it's ritualistic and not English. Right. So Mortal Kombat, like, you know how, like, normally Mortal Kombat's spelled with a K? Yeah. So when they talk about combatants in the Mortal Kombat tournament, it's spelled K-O-M-B-A-T-8-N-T. It's so triggering. <laughs> Claiming to be an emissary of the Elder Gods named Damashi, he tricked Sunjinko into embarking on a quest to obtain the Kaming Dogu from the various realms and placing them in the Nexus, a special location created between the realms to ease the travel of the champion of the Elder Gods. Before the events of the next Mortal Kombat tournament, Shang Tsung unknowingly made a deal with Quan Shi on Shinnok's behalf and he accepted the arrangement. The deal was that if Shao Kahn's plan to merge Earthrealm with Outworld through the tournament backfired, Quan Shi would help Shang Tsung's shadow priests in the proposed resurrection of Sindel, um, and in return can give the sorcerer information on where Shinnok's amulet is located. Quan Shi had also recruited Sub-Zero, the Elder. That's fucking important because there's more than one Sub-Zero. Because fuck it. Because there's Sub-Zero, and then he dies, and then his younger brother becomes Sub-Zero. So they always refer to Sub-Zero until he dies as Sub-Zero the Elder. Wow. But, like, they didn't do that at the time. Right. 
So like they probably didn't think of it because they didn't think of it because this game didn't have a fucking story because it was an arcade cabinet. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, Quan Chi had also recruited Sub Zero the Elder before helping him in retrieving the ancient amulet after Sub Zero and Scorpion, who was a rival clansman of the Lin Kuei, uh, the Sherai Sh- Ru, and the same man Sub Zero killed years before as an insurance in case Sub Zero failed to obtain the map which contained the Temple of Elements from the Shaolin Temples. Sub-Zero proceeded to venture through Earthrealm, defeating the gods of wind, earth, water, and fire, and was about to obtain the amulet. Quan Chi obtained the amulet first and explained its true purposes. After Quan Chi returned to the Netherrealm later to give the fake amulet to Shinnok, uh, while he kept the original for himself, Raiden then confronted the Lin Kuei warrior and revealed to him his mistake by following Quan Chi to possess the amulet. Reluctantly, Sub-Zero then proceeded to enter the portal to the Netherrealm and retrieve the amulet from Shinnok. Sub-Zero was successful in his mission and preserved the peace of all reality for the time being. Somehow, that task caught Shang Tsung's attention and he was invited to compete in the upcoming Mortal Kombat tournament with secret orders from the Lin Kuei Grandmaster, which was to assassinate Shang Tsung and win. Heck yeah! Two years later, Earth rallied some of its best fighters in order to win the 10th tournament and preserve Earthrealm's freedom. Amongst the established warriors were Liu Kang, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage! Fuck yeah! The Duke Nukem of Mortal this game. Uh, with the help of Raiden, the Earthrealm warriors were victorious and Liu Kang became the new champion of Mortal Kombat, resetting Outworld's counter to zero. Scorpion and Sub-Zero fought each other again. In the end, however, Scorpion slew Sub-Zero in retribution for his own death by Sub-Zero, the Elder's Hand, thus sending his soul into the fifth darkest plane of the Netherrealm and turned him into Noob Saibot. Noob Saibot. And do you want to know where Noob Saibot's name comes from? I've, re- I've heard it before. I just can't the la- the last The last names of the two people who kind of made Mortal Kombat, I forget their exact titles, are Boone and Tobias. Right. So, it's just Boone and Tobias backwards. Yep. But anyone who plays Noob Saibot is, in fact, a noob and get on my fucking level, scrub. (laughs) (laughs) My main in Mortal Kombat, by the way, is Scorpion. He always has been. That fuck shit up is Scorpion. But, uh... I don't play enough to have it a main. Yeah, well... I, uh, anyone who plays Noob Saibot can suck a big fat dick. I'm talking Mortal Kombat 9 Noob Saibot, by the way. With that cheap-ass grab from behind. Fuck that. When he grabs you from behind. Noob Saibot can split his body, uh, split himself into his shadow, so there's two of them. So he'll, like, grab you from behind with his shadow. So, like, he's over here on the right, and you're on the left, and you suddenly get grabbed from behind on the left. Yeah. I'm just like... Go fuck yourself. That's not cool. You have a ranged grab. Yeah. That's dumb. And then I get over here. The fuck out of them. So. And then teleport as Scorpion. Because if you're going to be cheap, so am I. And Scorpion has a fucking teleport. Because that's what he needed. Right. Despite Shang Tsung being unable to deal with his failure in the last Mortal Kombat tournament, Shao Kahn ordered his army to attack the Wuxi Academy. The army raided and killed most of Liu Kang's fellow monks, including his Shaolin masters, sending a direct message to Raiden and the Earth Realm warriors. 
This enraged Liu Kang enough to follow them into Outworld. He was not alone. Kung Lao, Johnny Cage, and Major Jackson Briggs, who was in search of his missing subordinate, Sonya Blade, were also following right behind Liu Kang into the realm, seeking revenge, and to compete in the next Mortal Kombat tournament at the same time. But unbeknownst to Raiden and the Earthrealm Warriors, the tournament in Outworld was a diversionary trap set by the Emperor in an attempt to break the rules set forth by the Elder Gods themselves. In rescuing Sonya, Shao Kahn's scheme was thwarted, and the Earthrealm Warriors prevailed, with Liu Kang defeating Shang Tsung and the Emperor Shao Kahn. However, Khan responded by resurrecting Queen Sindel on Earth and stepping across the dimensional portal gates to claim her, thus successfully merging it with Outworld, starting the battle for Earthrealm. At one point prior to the Earthrealm invasion, Shao Kahn attempted to merge Outworld with the Netherrealm, but the backfiring problem for the Emperor was that the former demon and member of the Brotherhood of Shadow, Ashra, had slain most of the Netherrealm allies, which allowed Scorpion to roam the Earth. The Earthrealm warriors rallied themselves for the first time in a battle, and upon Shao Kahn's defeat the second time by the Shaolin monk Liu Kang, the threat to Earthrealm was over for now. Escaping back into Outworld, the Emperor was severely wounded, weakened, and defeated. But most importantly, Adenia was free from the Outworld and returned to a whole realm for the first time since Khan conquered Adenia so many years ago. Shao Kahn's final attempt to conquer Earthrealm had failed once again. So yeah, that's what we got for Mortal Kombat for now. Uh, definitely one we're going to revisit. There's a lot more content on this one. Uh, I was actually surprised, borderline annoyed at how much content was in this, because it, it's impressive. Yeah, somebody, somebody stuffed this motherfucker. And, and like, loved every second of it it was like a sexy stuffing it, it's, it's like, like it's like me naked on thanksgiving oh yeah i was gonna say when you when you thanksgiving morning it was stuffing like the turkey it was a sexy little stuffing uh but anyway as we like to end every episode nick what have you been playing dark souls me too because it's out on switch so yeah. i picked it the fuck up talk to me impressions because this is your first souls game um not your first souls born game but your first right. souls game and they do play different they do, and I think that's. I think it was a combination of not. I haven't played Bloodborne in a while, um, and it plays so much different than blood. Not so much different, but different enough where I can notice it. The basic mechanics on buttons are the same. The buttons all correlate. Like there's, there's a reason they're lumped together. But like that's what I try to tell people who are going from Bloodborne to Souls for the first time is that they do play way more different than you think they do. They do, it, especially like the whole. I think the biggest thing for me was, and I, I kind of got over it for the most part right now, um, was the the weight and the weight capacity and the and in turn the general speed of the game, uh, where Bloodborne's super fast and if you dodge you're gonna dodge at the same speed that you always dodge, whereas uh, in this game you dodge different speeds depending on your weight and it's not as fast really. As uh as Bloodborne and and this one has a lot more focus on like using shields to defend. Where like Bloodborne, you're just gonna dodge out of the way. Bloodborne, it was such a joke because a lot of people felt uncomfortable playing Bloodborne for the first time without a shield. So that's why the plank door exists. Right. You remember Bloodborne? There's a plank door. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't wood, work well in game. A wooden door. Yeah, there's a wooden like door that. or something like that. You, it does not work well in game, and it's not supposed to work well in game. It's it's the developers basically going, this game isn't about 
Shielding, this game is about dodging. Right. Dark Souls is about shielding. Right. Like, parrying matters so much in this. Because you know it mattered in Dark Souls, but parrying were completely different. Yeah. Parrying in Dark Souls Bloodborne. or parrying in Bloodborne was with the gun. Right. Like, you just have to shoot at the right time. But, like, with this one, like, you have to block the attack before you can parry. Right. Yeah. That's... Which is why I was telling you to go get the target shield. Anyway. That was, yeah, that's my, that was my biggest thing I noticed when fighting, like, a couple of the bosses, or mostly the, the bell gargoyle. Uh, Did you summon anyone for the bell gargoyle? No, because I was hollowed and I didn't have any humanity. I went, yeah, no. We're getting we're getting my boy in on this one because uh that's one of the bosses you yeah. can summon Solaire for. Um it's okay. Once I like I like it was it's it's like one of those where like I died a couple I've died a bunch. I went and grinded, I made it so I could hold the Drake sword, I died like two more times, and then like I murdered them like completely. Like after that. So yeah, and you and I had already discussed like don't super rely on the Drake sword, but yeah, use yeah, it yeah. as a tool right now. Right, right. Because I'm getting rid of the Drake Sword soon in my game. Because I, I have a weapon I've been upgrading and upgrading and upgrading. And I want, oh, this is almost as good as my Drake Sword. Yeah, I just got to find one that I like. I've just been using the Long Sword. Uh, I don't know if I have one yet. I what starting class did you pick? Uh, Pyromancer. Oh, okay. I picked the Warrior. Oh, okay. So that'd be why. Because the Warrior starts with, uh, or you can get a Long Sword pretty fast. Okay. No, I picked Pyromancer, which was really fucking useful, so. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I bought a bow and arrow, and I just went, okay, I'm going to just shoot things from a distance. His warriors I mean, are pretty I bought, well I, I bought the bow and arrow to get the Drake Sword, but I, uh, I like the fire. The fire yeah, balls. no, I, I've played a Pyromancer. Um, what classes have I played in this? I've played the Knight. I've played the Warrior. I've played the Pyromancer. I've played the Sorcerer. I've never done a Cleric in this game. And I've done the, uh, what's the very last one? The naked one. Thief? No. The, the fucking Deprived. Oh. Yeah, I've played a Deprived, but I've played more played a Deprived than the meme of it. Uh, but yeah, I'm having, I'm having a blast. I'm glad I'm back in the, the Soulsborne mindset. Um, but... You're in, you rung the first bell yep. after the bell gargoyles, and now you're going for the second one, am I right? Yes. Okay. And I told right now, actually, exactly what you're doing, because I know what you're doing, but you right. can tell them. Yeah, I'm going to get the target shield so I can parry easier, and I'm going to go get the, I don't know what the name of the ring is. Uh, Havel's ring. Yeah, I'm going to go get that. You're going to go kill the fuck out of Havel. Yep. And get Havel's ring. Yep, that's my uh, current goal. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't been playing anything uh, in Pokemon Go. Uh, let's see. So, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be November 1st. It'll be November 1st. Hey, so, what up, November bros? So, uh, so the Halloween event will have come and gone. Uh, we are still currently in the Halloween event at the time of this recording, which has a bunch of spooks spawning, spooky spawn, spook, spooky spawns. Um, literally almost everything fucking spawning in this event right now has a shiny. Um, they added, uh, I, I don't know if we talked about this last week. Pretty sure we they, talked about Gen 4. But they yeah. added Gen 4. I don't know if we did. If we didn't, they, and if, I'm going to say it again. They added Gen 4, kind of. They're going to re- release it in waves. They're rolling it out. They're rolling it out. So they released the starters, uh, Bidoof, 
uh, Shanks, Cricketot, and Starly. Yep. And Riolu, because Riolu's in the egg. Oh, yeah. So, and therefore Lucario. Um, and then with the Halloween event, they gave us uh, Stunky and Drifloon. Drifloon, and they gave Drifloon a shiny. And, and if they you also... listened to our last episode, Drifloon is fucking terrifying. <sighs> yeah, don't grab it. Um, <sighs> and they also put, gave a special quest in the same era of the Mew and Celebi quests to get uh, Spiritomb when they just 108s everywhere. If you don't get why there's 108 in every single thing that has to do with this quest, listen to our last episode. I want to go back through my fucking tangent. Because oh, I'm damn proud of it. So, um, we locally have a, or amongst our friends, we have a Pokemon and Go group chat. You know how most group chats just eventually degenerate into memes? Yeah. This group chat hasn't, and I don't know why. I'm this group chat is almost exclusively, with some notable exceptions, like right. a, a, like a letting us know important things in people's lives. But for the other ninety percent of it, it is legitimately just Pokemon Go. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I'd say so because yeah, everything I've been in usually just devolves into dead or memes. Right, and this one's like very like it's a very active group chat amongst our friends with just Pokemon Go stuff, which I really like because it's super helpful because I'm ignorant. So Nick uh, posts in it. Spiritom is rumored to be released soon with a quest for Halloween, which we all know now is true. Uh, it'll probably have something to do with 108 Pokemon at some point during the quest. We'll also probably be getting uh, Driftloon. Um, I go, nice. So if my Pokemon lore is right, we are going to be using the souls of 108 Pokemon to get a Spiritom. This would also assume that Pokemon are demonic based on the legend Spiritom is based on. TLDR, Pokemon are demon. Then Nick goes, pretty much. I followed up with dope. So, what's used to capture demons? Several choices. Lamps have been used in Middle Eastern mythology, but those translate more to jinn. However, Solomon's ring can, and that's more explicitly demonic. So, are we harvesting the power of God to capture demons in a disposable version of the ring? Is the Pokeball actually infused with the seal of God himself? Game theory. Anyway, yeah, that's my new game theory. Yeah. I also had a game theory the other day that the residents of Stardew Valley uh, worship death. Anyway, um... Uh, I've, I've been going hard on the game theories. Super apparently. So yeah, so yeah, that quite you do have to catch 108 Pokemon to get uh, Spiritomb. It's uh, like I said, it's 108 everywhere. So it's the first step was catch 10 ghosts, eight great eight great throws, 10 eight 108, uh, and then 100 use 108 berries on Pokemon, and like one of the uh, the rewards was. Uh, 1,080 experience and the rewards for the entire step was like 10 Pokeballs, 8 Berries, 108, and yeah. then like 1,800, uh, 10, uh, 1,080 like Stardust. Yeah. So it's just 108 everywhere, which is dope. Yeah, it's really cool <laughs> I that they're really like cool. falling in line with that a lot. And then the other thing they did was they replaced uh, the Mewtwo raids, the 5-star raid with Giratina. And I got that fucking sexy boy. Yeah, I haven't gotten one yet. Um, and then they announced, so like two days after this podcast goes live, there's going to be a day uh, for like three hours where um, like the legendary birds that they did like a couple months ago um, for three hours, Gengar is going to be fucking everywhere in raids. 
uh, and you have five free passes that for that time period, and he can be shiny. So we're gonna be at a thing. Yeah, I'm so gonna be none at of a us thing, are gonna be able to do so it. So I'm probably not gonna be able to do it. I mean, we'll be in the city, so maybe I could sneak a couple. But, oh, and I'm uh, sure if there's one nearby, that other I mean, people will. It's. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's at eleven o'clock to two o'clock for us. So that's like around lunch. So if we sit in Ooh. the if we sit in the cafeteria at the uh, cafeteria, we're at the high school. We're actually that's the thing. We're going back to high school. We're going back to high school. Nick and I never never able to experience the high school experience together. What the so. fuck's the name of it? The fucking food court. Yeah, that one. <laughs> we, we're going to a convention. <laughs> if we sit in the food court, uh, we can hit two gyms. Yeah. So hopefully one of them, or maybe both, will have a uh, Gengar. I don't know. It, hoping. I, it, it would just be the fact that like one of my favorite Pokemon gets a shiny. and On like I the day you can't do shit. I can't do anything. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, what do you got? Uh, Dark Souls. Um, I'm, I'm actually pretty much where you are. I haven't had a chance to play it as much. Um, and as someone who's at this point a Souls veteran, like I'm just slowly meandering my way through the game. Just enjoying it on a portable device. Uh, I've also been playing the Spider-Man DLC, which is pretty great. I'm not going to go into details because you haven't played it, but uh, Black Cat's thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, in D&D Corner, uh, we had an interesting game <laughs> last night. Was that something? So we're in the Amber Temple now. Um, a couple things have happened in the Amber Temple since you've been in there. Uh, you went into a room. With a very obviously illusionary table. Oh, first off, you went up a statue and met an old crazy man. Yeah. That let you pass. He lives in the statue's head. He lives in the statue's head. Um, you went into the a room that very obviously had an illusionary table. Yeah, because there, like, there was like fresh out of the oven food on a, like a table and like this place that like look has looks like it hasn't been touched in forever. Uh, yeah, and so you were able to disperse that illusion, and all that was left on the table was a uh, an ewer, ewer, which is like a jug. And obviously, our rogue goes, "I want to touch it." Yeah, and we bought like it, it's like you disperse this illusion, and, and now it's just a bare table with an ewer in the middle of it. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Okay, so obviously this is bait." And then our rogue just because it fucking was, and our rogue just goes, "I want it," and then went to go take it. <sighs> yep, and we had a fight some spooky boys some uh specters and then you went around and upstairs again where you were about to fight a golem oh god yeah i forgot about so this. they were about to fight a golem and our rogue and our paladin rolled to intimidate <laughs> which doesn't work because golems aren't frightened here's the thing they both rolled nat 20s and i wasn't letting an opportunity <laughs> like that go past so welcome to the first golem that's ever been frightened <laughs> i <laughs> It's just like, you both rolled a nat 20 on that? What the fuck? I actually gotta do something with that. Yeah, it was fucking insane. Um, and then you went uh, downstairs and to the first room with the Amber Sarcophagi. Yeah. Um, so Amber Sarcophagi are weird. Uh, you basically, if you touch it, a dead god speaks into your brain and offers you a deal. Uh, so they everyone's like, oh, let's touch them and hear all the deals. Yeah, well, well, we saw them, and of course, our rogue was like, I want to touch it. And then she like, uh, you explained that there was like deals, and then from there we were like, all right, we kind of want to hear all the deals because it just sounded kind of sound cool. Yeah, like not that we're gonna like take them, but like they kind of sound cool. But you know, 
we got to like the second deal and uh, somebody took it. So our our paladin goes, oh, that sounds really cool. Uh, I forget which one it was. It was like, oh, it was the one of re- of many lives. Yeah, you can so, like be resurrected like three times. Yeah, if you die, you just automatically are resurrected. Yeah. Like three times, but you have no teeth. Anyway, our, our paladin took the deal and I went, okay. So, you just broke your oath. Yeah. Um, you just took a deal from another god that's not yours. So you just broke your oath, and I, I watched as the old, whole table goes, oh, shit. I, so he was like, hey, I'm fine with it. So now he's an oath-broken paladin, which we pulled the stats out of the GMG for, uh, which, which actually worked pretty well. Um, so he's this weird kind of dark paladin now with no teeth. Yeah. He can't speak because he has and no teeth. And our rangers... Uh, Oh yeah, the, the, our the, ranger's pet took the spider one. Oh yeah, that's so we right. have a panther that can now climb on walls and yeah. has an eye in the middle of its head. Yeah, the panther got fucking spider climb. Uh, and then we went and inspected some other sarcophagi, but then we ended because I had to talk to our paladin about how exactly to play an oathbroken paladin. Right. <laughs> so he just fucking did that. Yeah, it was the first oh shit moment I've seen in a while. Yeah, like the the first one I saw was like when I pulled out Strahd. Right. Like, when I pulled that Strahd, you were all like, oh, shit, because he fucked you all up. This one was more, oh, shit, because none of you realized it but me. Maybe because I've been planning ahead for something like this. So I, um, so he immediately does it, and I'm just like, okay, cool, you broke your oath. Well, there you go. And there wasn't even, like, hesitation. He was just like, I want it. He's just like, I want to live forever. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I live. yeah, he instantly went for it. Oh like God. out of character, he was like, I really just want to try something new. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm down with it. Like, if you want to do this, I'll do it. Like, let's fucking party, bro. But um the uh yeah, the the I watched as you all went, oh fuck. So the the first one that that was offered was uh plus four to charisma, but you can't say no. Yeah. And I was like, damn, plus four to charisma, that'd be dope. But, like, obviously, I'm not going to take it because you can't say no. And then, like, our ranger was trying to convince me to take it. And I was like, you realize if I take this, I'm going to be even stronger because all my attacks scale off charisma. So I'm going to even do more damage than I already do, which is an absurd amount. And Strahd's going to recruit me, so you're going to have to fight me. (laughs) Yeah. And you're all going to fucking lose because you're going to fight me and Strahd. And she was like, I don't care, I'll just run away. I was like, no, I'm not taking this. <laughs> and you can't just run out of Ravenloft. It's not an option. It's not an option I'm giving any of you. I wish there was like an alternate, like, like I know like my character wouldn't take this, but like I want to take it because I want that alternate universe where I fight everybody with Strahd because I think that'd be fucking hilarious. And I'm not going to say it can't happen. No, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> It's not. What I love about Barovia is I keep trying to make my players do awful, awful things. I keep trying to push their characters, which is why, like, as soon as he did that, like, I planned ahead for him to break his oath because I knew bro and I knew he was going to break his fucking oath. So. He's no longer lawful good, though. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, that's true. Because he definitely fucking wasn't playing it. Because he definitely wasn't doing lawful good well. But, but yeah, I think that's really. I, f- I really think they would lose that fight, but that's just me. Um, I'm not convinced you guys are gonna win the fight as is. So well, <laughs> I have I have to say otherwise. But okay. But we'll see. We'll see. There's uh, more to that fight than meets the eye. Anyway, um, 
I'm looking forward to it. It'll it'll be coming up soon. We're we're yeah, coming yeah. up on the we're end of our done. romp through Barovia. We are almost done. And uh, then we'll be hopping into Waterdeep. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, with a very very homebrewed kind of stuff. And I think I'm kind of an idiot for allowing the homebrews to go as far as they did, because Bro's playing as a fucking Sasquatch. Yeah, he's a big hairy man. Like I was like, uh, Nick's like, oh okay, I'll like walk the line of homebrew. Nick's like, I'll use like an honor or a uh, Gaidabaron race with a like Matt Mercer homebrew, which is like not really a homebrew because yeah. it's Mercer. And he may, if you don't know who Matt Mercer is, voice actor, also the DM for Critical Role, makes great homebrews to the point that like Wizards of the Coast recognizes them. So they're not like unbalanced. And then like, oh, I found like a DM's Guild homebrew for like someone else that like I, I tweaked a little bit with everything. And like someone else is going to be playing that. And if someone wants to play, uh, it's called a, a Wayfinder or something. Basically, you are there to buff a giant beast. Um, but the giant beast is like your, what you're attacking. Um, and then, then you have uh, like someone wanting to play Kitsune. Okay, weird race. Going to have to find a good homebrew for that and tweak it. And then bro was like, I want to be Bigfoot. <laughs> so, I, and I'm like, okay, I guess you can be a fucking Bigfoot because he's obsessed with Bigfoot. I yeah, don't know he why. really is. Because he is one. He, he is. They're, they're, my... <sighs> I want to tell the story, but let me do a thing first. Because if you don't want to listen to the fucking story about how my ex-roommate is obsessed with Bigfoot, I, I don't blame you. So check us out on Instagram or check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at Navi underscore Tales. Again, at Navi underscore Tales. I don't know. Send us pictures of your hair. Um, so let's talk about Bro real quick. Bro is one of the members of our party. Uh, he used to be the DM for the group before I took over. Um, I also lived with Bro for two years. I was the best man at his wedding. I've known Bro very well. The senior year of college, we moved into an apartment together with a couple other people, and we always had stuff rolling on the TV. He would always put on Finding Sasquatch. Always. And not just put it on like, I'm going to put this on and walk. He would always be watching it. He probably consumed 50 hours of Finding Bigfoot. Which isn't, a, he's not healthy. No. That's not a healthy thing. No, it's not. He, there came a point where like, we were walking to where his car was parked one time, just like a group of us, we were all going out to eat, and he was driving. And we look over, because none of us, and it was dark out, and like, so we look over and we just see bro walking through the woods. Uh. <laughs> he's like, guys, I'm a Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm just like, you're getting way too into this, dude. <laughs> he like is really really obsessed with Bigfoot but like doesn't talk about it a lot it's one of those weird things like if you get into his truck he has like a Bigfoot air freshener yeah, yeah. but like if you like if you'd see him you wouldn't be like that guy really likes Bigfoot Yeah, you know what I mean it's not super blatant Yeah, it's just fucking weird that's why I allowed him to be Bigfoot by the way just because he is obsessed but anyway that's my story about my ex-roommate in college and his obsession with Bigfoot. Um, it's not his only obsession. He's obsessed with dinosaurs as well. Yeah. He has so many fucking dinosaurs. Yeah, he likes dinosaurs and cows. Anyway, we'll see you later. Bye. Love you. There's a $200 hockey jersey. Yeah, that's homeless. And this, isn't it fucked up that this is my <laughs> most expensive one? Um, 
I mean, it's fucking the the sports to like an authentic sports jersey. I'm not surprised. I'm just really excited for later. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm, but I'm like, I'm not surprised that it's your most expensive because fucking sports jerseys are really fucking expensive. It's actually, is it my highest? I, I'd say I'm, this is probably my most comfortable one. <clears throat> so I guess you get what you pay for. I really like it. Well, I fucking would hope so. I really like this jersey. <laughs> and I really just want to go see my team win because they're going to fucking wreck tonight. <laughs> Will they play in? Um, they are playing. Uh, is it the Canucks? The Can- you know, I was gonna fucking say that. I was like, is it the Canucks? I don't know. It might be. <clears throat> it might be the Thunder. Okay. Oh, they're um, they're playing the Flyers. Playing Philly. The Phillies. Philly boys. Philly boys. Someone posts in the official subreddit, wake the fuck up, it's game day, fuck Philly and fuck the Habs. I was like, oh man, talk to me. That's still not as bad as the time, like, the the Stanley Cup was going on. And you guys kept fucking busting my balls because I really wanted to watch the game and oh were playing God. D&D instead. And they were playing, the, or it was, was it the Stanley Cup? <clears throat> was the lead up to the Stanley Cup? Either way. It was, it was around there. It was important games. Yeah. And they, were, they were playing the Maple Leaves, like, that entire season. And you guys kept saying, go Maple Leaves. And I was like, fuck Maple Leaves. I just want to watch hockey. 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 It's like my inner almost Canadian in me comes out when, ho- when I watch hockey. Because, like, <clears throat> you have no close, no idea how Canadian I almost was. Yeah. I was born less than an hour from Canada. I was 45 minutes away from being fucking Canadian. When he gets real excited, his nipples leak maple syrup. Yeah, it's I'm like a little bit more Canadian than I give myself credit for sometimes because I'm fucking, there's certain things that I just really like and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck it. <laughs> like I like the cold. I feel like Canadians <laughs> like the cold. Shout out to Canadians. Talk to me. I don't know enough of you. <laughs> talk to me. What? Talk to me, baby. Welcome to Navi Tales. I'd like to talk to some Canadians in the crowd. Uh, reach out to me. Um, can we get some Canadians in the chat? Can we get some Canadians in the chat? Can we get some Pog Camp in the chat? But yeah, <laughs> can we get some Pod Champ in the chat. <laughs> I can't say that well. No. Um. Let's let's actually do like a real open now. Okay, that was a fake one. That was a pretend one. That <clears throat> this isn't an, an opening you're gonna hear at the closing. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. In the end, the Elder Gods created six weapons called the Kamidogo. Kamidogu. Yeah, we're going to go with that one. In the end, the Elder Gods created six weapons called the Kamidogo. No, that wasn't the one I wanted to go with. No, that's not the one you wanted to go with. <clears throat> At the time, there were endless prophecies of the future, which Delilah, Delia, 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 <clears throat> hey there. No, that's Delilah. At the time, there were endless prophecies of the future, which Delia, Delilia, Delia, what did you say? Delia. Delia. I knew someone named this. That's why I knew that that's how it's pronounced. But what neither Argus and Delia did. Fuck, I'm dumb. Argus. 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 Argus initiated the plan to save the realms is to have. I'm fucking dumb. Who's Jinsei? Jinsei. Jinsei. 
Mama say, Mama sa, Mama sa. But Raiden discovered that Shinnok's power was linked to a mysterious. Nope. I. That's fine. I just punched my fucking mic. My arm, so it's. Cool. <clears throat> Each of these Garbians. The Nether Realm is nothing more than fire and brimstone. He tricked Sunjinko into embarking on a quest to obtain Kamidogu. The Kamidogu. The uh, Kamidogu. Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah, sacred no, weapons. Yeah, yeah. Come on, get with your fucking Mortal Kombat. No, 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 one. I just forgot how we decided to say it, and then I forgot to add the in front of it. But this caused a backfire problem for the Emperor. Um, oh, that's actually a proper sentence. Fuck. <clears throat> Before the events of the next Mortal Kombat tournament. Uh, that's it. That's what happened. End of the episode. So, Nick, like we like to end every episode, what have you been playing? Cliffhangers. <laughs>